0: So, Heavenly Father, as we just come to you and we gather around your word this morning, we pray that you just speak to each and every one of us, that you would just encourage us, that Lord, we just get something fresh from you and our spirits that will just help us draw closer to you and be overcomers. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. How many people? Would every day or so check out the news to find out what's happening in Ukraine? This little wave. Yeah, half of us, half of us do. I, I, I do especially because I've got uh, friends who lived in the Donbass region who have absolutely lost everything uh, as a result of the Russian invasion. And of course, also, um, we support David Pearce and uh, his team uh, that are working out of Germany and uh, sending missionaries and people into the Ukraine areas to basically minister to the Ukrainian people at this particular time. And uh, they've seen hundreds of people come to the Lord at uh, this particular um, stage. Uh, The reality is we're living at a time that the Bible describes as being dangerous and difficult in times of upheaval. But for most of us, what concerns us most is not what's happening on the international front so much, but what's happening in our own private world. A, a number of years ago, I got a fantastic uh, little book. It's just a paperback, uh, and it's called But God, and it's by Phil Pringle. And <clears throat> I don't know whether any uh, any others of you have got this, but it basically, this there's about 60 but gods in the word, and uh, he just... Gives some little insight into some of these um, these pictures that uh, we find, and it's just so 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 encouraging. I'd re- really recommend it if you want. It's not it's not a narrative, um, but it's just a really encouraging little paperback. Uh, and so this morning, what I want to do is share with you just three areas where, but God makes. All the difference. Usually they come after some pretty bad circumstances or situations um, where things seem utterly hopeless. Uh, But God intervenes and works things out for good. So where do we see but God? Well, the first of these is in our salvation. A Muslim village in Africa has something really, really unique Uh, everyone's last name is Bamba. Uh, There is also only about 12 first names amongst the 1,000 people in the village. Uh, About 100 of them are named Moses Bamba. So imagine if you were the mailman trying to deliver a letter. It would be really, really uh, difficult in that situation. But the situation is that Bamba is their word for crocodile. Okay? And their belief is that if they fall into the river, they can protect themselves with its name. By telling the crocodile that their name is De- Bamba, the crocodile is expected not to eat them because they are announcing that they are a relative. The name Bamba doesn't really save, But All those who call on the name of Jesus Christ and who believe in him will be saved. Amen? One of the greatest but God verses in the Bible is found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And I'm just going to read it from the New Living uh, Testament. You'll see it uh, on the screen behind me. It says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. If you can remember the biggest mistake that you ever made, uh, if you can remember the worst situation that you have ever faced or, in fact, your worst nightmare come true, all that fades into insignificance compared to the situation of a person who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Mankind was created perfect and was created to do life with God for eternity, but now is dead in sin outside of Jesus Christ. And eternity outside of God's presence should be our worst nightmare. But God, despite the stench of our sin, because of his great love for us, has made a way for us to come alive through Jesus Christ. And of course, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Dead for eternity, to live for eternity, it took God's ultimate sacrifice to make a way possible to pay the price for our separation. And then we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And no one is outside of the reach of of God's love. No matter how big a sinner you are or have been, while there is breath, there is hope in Jesus Christ, we are all only one prayer away from getting our life back on track with Jesus Christ. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, You're only one prayer away. You're only one prayer away. You're only one prayer away from getting your life on track with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says, But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have saved. But God. Not only do many of you or many of us need a but God in our lives, but we also need to know that God loves us and believes in us. Max Licardo, in his book, A Love Worth Giving, tells the true story of two uh, American high school buddies who joined the army, World War II, together. They both went to the Philippines together. Both were captured within a month of each other when Bataan fell to the Japanese in 1942. Uh, Through the prison grapevine, Uh, one of them, Arthur, found out that his uh, buddy was near death in a nearby camp. So Arthur volunteered for a work detail. uh, And when the volunteers passed through his friend Skinner's camp, he was given five minutes to find and speak to his friend. He found his friend on the sick side of the camp in what was called Zero Ward, a place where nobody had recovered from. When he found his friend, he was five and a half stone in weight, had malaria, amoebic dysentery, beriberi, and a few other tropical diseases. He couldn't eat, he couldn't drink, and he was basically the walking dead. When their time together was up, Arthur gave Skinner something that he was saving for his own time of need. It was a valuable engagement ring. He said to Skinner, wheel and deal with it. And then he left not knowing whether he'd ever see his friend again. It's one thing to give a treasure to the healthy. It's one thing to give a treasure to the strong. But to give your best, your number one treasure uh, to the weak and entrust your treasure to the dying, that says something. It says, I believe in you. It says, don't give up. It says, your life is worth living. It's worth saying. It says, I'm on your side. And that's what God has done for us. We were the walking dead. But God, because of his love for us, has given us the greatest treasure, Jesus Christ so we could have life and have it more abundantly. When God sees you in need, when he sees you hurting, he only wants the best for you, but you need to stretch out your hand and receive from him. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that the three pillars of our Christian life are faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of those three is Have you ever thought about why? You see, love in action generates faith and hope. When you see love at work, it gives you hope. What happened to Skinner? Well, he picked out the kindest looking of the guards, gave the ring to him. A couple of days later, as the guard walked past Skinner, he dropped a packet of malaria tablets. day later, it was limes to combat scurvy. Then came a new pair of pants with some canned beef in the pockets. Within three weeks, Skinner was on his feet, and within three months, he was taken to the healthy side of the camp, and as far as he knew... He was the only American ever to leave the zero ward alive. Why? Because love generated hope and a reason to live. Love believes all things. Ephesians 2 verse 4, but God is so rich in mercy... And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing? Even when we were sinners. Despite ourselves, God loved us so much that he gave us Jesus. But not only do we see but God in our salvation, but we see but God in the circumstances of life. Every one of us from time to time have bad days. Anyone want to say amen? Yeah. (laughs) We go through tough times. We go through tough seasons in life. But interestingly, it's after the bad day, Often, when we're at our lowest point, that God breaks through into our lives and blesses us. I mean, where, where are you right now? How are you feeling right now? Maybe you might be feeling failure. You might, you might be feeling fear. You might be just feeling disappointment. You might be feeling bewilderment. You might be feeling pain. But I want to suggest to you this morning that each one of those situations, each one of those circumstances makes you a candidate for but God. Often the edge of our next blessing will be that place of failure or that place of disappointment or that place where we've done everything we think we should have done, but we get no results. And when we come to the end of ourselves... That's when I find that God steps in and blesses. It's when the disciples had been fishing all night and caught nothing that Jesus steps into their situation and not only fills their boats with fish but calls them to a lifetime of serving him. Every book of the Bible is full of examples of God helping his people through the difficult situations. But I I really like myself the story of Joseph in Genesis 37 Uh, because although Joseph came from a dysfunctional family, he was less than perfect, God was with him. Acts 7 verse 9, Because the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph, they sold him as a slave into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles. He gave Joseph wisdom and enabled him to gain the goodwill of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he made him ruler over Egypt and all his palace. I mean, when you read the story of Joseph, it's just a one-but-God After another, it's sort of like one of those um, bad news, good news stories. You know, it's like um, the All Blacks won the first test, but they lost the next two. It's uh, one of those ones in reverse. Um, Joseph's brothers were jealous, but God blessed him. Uh, Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him, but God kept him safe. Joseph was sold as a slave to Egypt, but God was with him and blessed him. Joseph was falsely accused of rape and thrown into prison, but God was with him and blessed him. Even when he was forgotten by the butler, God hadn't forgotten him. And at the right time, God had Joseph promoted from the prison to the palace. And finally, with Joseph, the number two man in Egypt, and his identity revealed to his brothers when they come down to Egypt to buy grain, Joseph says to his brothers, who were fearing payback, from Joseph for their murderous intent, Joseph said, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to save many lives. Romans 8.28 is a but God verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Those things in your life where you are reaping what you have sown, those things in your life that are happening to you as a result of us living in a world that's falling apart, those things in your life that are happening because the enemy hates you, and while Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, all those things... Romans 8:28 says that God can turn them for good. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what circumstances you're facing. God can turn them for good as you keep on loving God and as you keep on trying to walk according to his purposes. The history of Israel from their foundation to the present is one of big but God And your life and mine, while we have problems, our life's journey can and should be punctuated by but God's. You see, nothing is impossible to God. No circumstance is too big. No problem is too large. In life, you might be feeling as if you are facing a checkmate. But there is always one more move to make, and that's a move towards God. Jesus wants to be part not only of the big things in your life, he wants you to experience but God in every situation in your life. I remember when um, Penny and I as a young married couple, uh, we were looking to buy our first house, 1976, 1977, um, this occurred. And uh, we looked around, we'd found a house, that was going to cost $30,000 back then. And uh, that was a huge amount of money. And so we'd worked it all out. Um, we were going to be able to afford this house, but we weren't going to be able to have children for another eight years. And then one morning, as I was praying in my quiet time, God just opened my eyes, uh, showed me another way of doing this whole thing. And as a result, We bought a house that was worth twice that in two and a half years' time, and we moved in with a new baby. That's a but God. But God intervenes in our life. Psalm 37, verse 23, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Don't leave the but-gods to the big things in life. Look for them in the little things. Uh, how many people have got a garden? We need but-gods in the garden, I tell you. If you've got hands like mine, we totally, totally, totally need them. But uh, quite a few years ago, I had an orange tree that was uh, dying. It had got down to its last two leaves. And so, in desperation, having tried everything... I prayed for it. And I said, God, (laughs) would you work a miracle here? (laughs) Amen. My faith wasn't that high in this situation. (laughs) But God heard my prayer. By the next season, it was flourishing. With oranges. And it's one of our better trees uh, now. But God. If I hadn't prayed for it, it wouldn't have survived. We need, we need to ask God. It's like the, it's like the guy who was, um, who was on a diet and he turns up at work with this huge, big packet of donuts filled with cream and his workmates look at him and, um, they said, Hey, I thought you were on a diet. And the guy says, Yeah, well, I was. I was. But on my way to work this morning, I thought, I just love a cream-filled donut. So I prayed. And I said, God, if you want me to have a donut this morning, then let there be a parking place right outside the bakery. And you know what? After the seventh time round the block, there it was. Over the years we've seen God's miraculous provision and we've seen hundreds and hundreds of people delivered from demon spirits. We've seen the sick healed. I've told you before how we went up to Waikato Hospital and prayed for a lady who had had a severe stroke. She was on life support. The uh, authorities had... Um, called her son who was in Prison down, uh, down to Waikato Hospital under police guard so he could say goodbye to his mum. We went up there, prayed for her. Nothing seemed to happen when we prayed, but by the next morning she was completely healed and whole and came out of hospital two days later. You know, that's about God. That's about God in the situation. In 1984, one of Penny's sisters was in intensive care on a respirator after a massive overdose of lithium. Doctors had informed the family that she was just a vegetable and that they were going to turn the respirator off the next day so the family should start making the funeral arrangements. Penny, when she heard this, just went into our bedroom. She just cried out to God and she said, God, please don't let my sister die if she's going to hell. That's all she prayed. She was all but dead, but God intervened, gave Penny a miracle. That night, her sister began to recover. Five years later, Penny led her to the Lord, and she lived another 32 years before dying peacefully. That's but God. Uh, People may let you down. I've let God down, but God has never let Penny and I down. Lamentations 3.22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Why don't you say that with me? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every morning, there is something new for you and God. Every morning, there's a place where you can encounter God afresh. Every morning, there is something that you can bring to God and see Him move. Every morning, God's love towards us is wanting to be revealed. But God wants to give you inner peace, and strength. Psalm 73, verse 26, just as I wrap this up. My flesh and my heart fail. You ever felt like that? Ever felt like everything is just going west? My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever? Wow! Doesn't matter what's happening to us here. God is happening in here. Two Chronicles sixteen nine. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. One Corinthians two nine and ten. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love Him, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. God has things prepared for each and every one of us. He's just waiting for us to plug into Him. God is looking for how He can strengthen you, how He can work with you to see His plans and His purposes come to pass in your life and through your life. If you've ever felt down, if you've ever felt discouraged or fearful or out of control, that is the inner situation that those verses are addressing. When things around us are going wrong, when our personal world seems to be falling apart, that's when you need to refocus and get your eyes off your problem and onto God. Satan and his system is hell-bent on destroying us. But Jesus came to give us abundant life and his peace. And if you aren't experiencing that peace this morning, stop and let the Holy Spirit take control from within. Let's have the musicians come, please. In the opening scene of the film Titanic, you see a deep-sea submarine probing the depths of the wreck at 3.8 kilometers deep. It's way, way, way too deep for divers. Uh, They would be crushed by the pressure of over 5,000 psi. I mean what pressure do we blow our tires up to? Some, somewhere around about 30 psi. Okay, 30 psi for a tire. So you know what that sort of pressure is like? This is 5,000 psi. And yet, at those depths, there are fish swimming around. Think about it. How on earth would we be crushed to death and yet little fish and big fish survive down there? They do it because of what they have inside is something called a swim bladder and some of you fishermen will know what that's like because when you pull up a fish from a depth the swim bladder um, grows and grows and grows and usually it comes out of their out of their mouths. but the reality is this swim bladder is filled with air to counteract the pressure of the depth that they're swimming around in. So they have an equal and opposite pressurizing system within them. And people, so do we. When the pressure out there gets really, really strong, remember that Greater is He who's in us than He that's in the world. We have, God's given us His Holy Spirit. And when we allow Him to take control, then from within His peace will rule and reign in our hearts because God is for us. Isaiah 26, verse 3 says. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It doesn't matter what is going on around about us in the world. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. It's quickening us. And one of the things that we can do is when the pressure really comes on us, take that moment to say, Holy Spirit, please help me. And begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. When things are going really, really bad, that's the time. That's when the rubber meets the road. That's when we've got to apply the things that we've learned and that's when we've got to really trust on the Lord. You see, Christianity and your relationship with God isn't a fair isn't isn't a fine weather relationship. It's not just for the mountaintop experiences, but the times that I feel closest to the Lord is in times of trouble. It's in the valleys. It's when things round about me are falling apart. That's when I sense God's presence the most. That's when I can push in. That's when I can hold on to Him. That's when I can trust Him and know that despite everything that's going on, I can have His peace. Philippians says it's a peace which passes all understanding. In other words... I can't understand how you can have such peace in, in a time of difficulty. But God gives it to us as we trust in Him. Whenever you feel discouraged, look up some but God verses and encourage yourself. Encourage yourself. That's one of the things that you will read in the Psalms, that's one of the things that you know about King David. Time and time again, he encouraged himself in the Lord and drew strength from his relationship with Him. Amen. I, wa- I want to pray for people this morning. I want to pray for people who who need a but God in their situation. I want to pray for people who need a breakthrough in their lives. If that's you this morning, why don't you just stand to your feet, and uh, we're going to pray.